1: a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim, Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. excited today as I am every time I get a chance to have conversations with people who reflect on what is happening in our world today on hello somebody we welcome an amazing and outspoken progressive leader she's an author and law professor She was a surrogate on the Bernie Sanders 2020 campaign and one of the first public figures to endorse the now Congress members, Ocasio-Cortez and Jamal Bowman. She is an enthusiastic supporter of yours truly as well. Woo-wee! Hello, Somebody family. Let's welcome Zephyr Teachout. for how you doing, baby?
3: Oh my gosh, I'm doing so well. It's so great to be on your show, Senator.
1: It is great to be with you, too. Oh my God, I was just... I was just in New York. I had the opportunity to uh, interview on The Breakfast Club. That interview aired and it was just so wonderful to have Charlemagne, the guy who actually, Hello Somebody, is part of his Black Effect network, but I was with him. I was with Angela Yee and also DJ Envy in your town and it was beautiful.
3: It was a great interview. I I saw it on YouTube.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I stay I stayed very controlled. I did. Yes. <laughs> very diplomatic. Well real and
3: human. It was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
1: No. I I really enjoyed it. That's why I love going on the Breakfast Club because I get a chance to really be more of me. You yeah. You know, it's different from other interview venues. If you you know what I mean, you've done lots of interviews, and each interview has its own kind of tone and. And and spirit, I would say, flow.
3: No, the spirit was like. I mean, we don't need to redo the interview, but it was, it was the whole range of of you, which was uh, wonderful. Yeah. So.
1: No, I I totally enjoyed it. Can't wait to get back. So the books you've written, you talk a lot about corruption. You are a board member of Crew, which is Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington and the Nation. And you are an advisory board member of the American economic liberties project and the open market Institute. You've also been a candidate for office. I have Oh my god. So we I want to talk about that experience a little bit. And yeah. you know, most recently I know that you ran for attorney general, but you run, you you ran before that. And just even talking about what it's like to run for office in general. But before we get to that, you do a lot. You have written a lot of articles and also books about corruption and about really how politics and policy really controls the the board, if you will, if we were thinking about life as a board game, what is put forward as public policy, who sets the rules, they really control the game. Is that a fair assessment?
3: It's so important. (laughs) It's, I think people know it, but just like painting a picture of the difference, like the difference between the way you're running for office and most people are running for office for Congress. You know, for most people running for office for Congress, not just the first time, but the minute they get in office the second time the third time the fourth time uh 40% of their day and sometimes 75 but you know almost half of their day every day is sitting with a folder a binder of names of the richest people they know anybody who knows yes and it says like so and so went to this college and cares about these issues and has this interest in, you know, kites or whatever, you know, pick your, and basically what this does is it takes people who may start with an interest in public service and says, okay, your day job is calling the richest people on earth and sucking up to them. I mean, that's the job and making them feel like they can want to give you $2,000, $5,000. It is so corrupting because it takes people. And instead of thinking about dental care, Yes. Thinking about uh, people who have inconsistent schedules at work, <laughs> thinking about credit card debt. <laughs> They're thinking about like, OK, what's Mike's uh, doggie's name again? You know, like, and their interests, it, it's, it's totally divergent. So when they read white papers, it's just white papers. They're they're just numbers when you're talking about unemployment or you're talking about, you know, like $28,000 a year family of four is paying out of pocket in health care.
1: Right. And we don't necessarily I mean, the way that you're framing this, because I want the people who are joining us in this conversation today to understand that as you lay it out, it really does not. There's no emotion behind just seeing The people who have the greatest need in this country, just as widgets, the system does not recognize them as breathing, living human beings with needs. But instead, the system bends to the few who have the greatest amount of money. That means they have the greatest amount of access and resources. Yeah. I mean, really, it's legal to bribe politicians in the United States of America. I mean, yeah, put. I mean,
3: it's a, it's what the Supreme Court calls free speech. It's a form of corruption. It's quite so clear. So let's talk
1: about Citizens United. Professor, yeah. can you walk people through what Citizens United is, what happened, yeah. and more importantly, Professor, why should people care? Why should the everyday person that is just trying to work their job, figure out how they're going to make ends meet, why, did they, why should they care and know about Citizens United?
3: If a big corporation wants to spend unlimited money in a campaign, it can do so because of the First Amendment.
1: Meaning that company is, has speech, like you and I. Yeah,
3: right. So the way that court said it was a little bit, uh, a, a little, uh, I, I skipped a step. Okay. <laughs> Um, because the way the court tried to defend it is saying that you, uh, as a person, have a right to hear corporate speech. So it's sort of framed in terms of the the First Amendment right to hear, as opposed to the First Amendment right to speak. But effectively, there's other language in the opinion that talked about big corporations being some of the most important voices in our society, and we shouldn't quash them. And it clearly expressed A view that is either like really cynical or really naive. Um, But the impact is that before Citizens United, if there was a state ban or a federal ban, and there were local and federal bans, because people don't want unlimited corporate spending in elections, nobody, you know, people don't want that. That's right. Those bans were upheld and the Supreme Court reached in and struck down those laws. And the effect has been, you know, first the first few years, it was like uh, a little spending here and there. But over the last ten years, you've seen it move from from really from checkers to chess. You know, we're <laughs> into uh, really sophisticated major super PACs. You know, this is what super PACs came out of. Is that uh, after Citizens United, uh, people started setting up these organizations. They say as long as you don't coordinate with a candidate. They can um, uh, spend unlimited money, unlimited money in elections. And I mean, I you see this in your own election.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. A, a, a red box was put up on uh, one of my competitors' website, and that yeah. was a signal to right. <laughs> independent expenditures or dark money on what she wanted them to hit me on. But your point about they're not, coordinating they're not coordinate right right so
3: what happens is it's it the, the Supreme Court is like truly 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 um there's two things one is they're totally out of touch the, the Supreme Court that decided citizens United didn't have anybody on it who has experience in politics sure <laughs> actually you know when O'Connor and I didn't certainly agree with everything that uh, justice O'Connor did but she was a voice on the court that understood how money and politics works because she had experience in politics herself the minute she left the court you see the other justices taking over with a vision of like not understanding power not understanding politics and saying oh yeah it's not corrupting if this outside group puts out this ad so i want to put a finer point on it (laughs) a senator what people do is they say they take video of the candidate and they put it up on YouTube for the super PAC to pick and use that video. It's, it's not coordinated. We're doing air quotes for those of you. Know, guys. Yeah. I know all-
1: right. I know <laughs> that is important to say, yes, we are doing air quotes <laughs> because this is a podcast and people will be but- listening by and, <laughs> and <laughs> large and we are doing air quotes.
3: But it's just, it's so, it's like, it, it's, it, it sounds so crazy that the court is this out of touch, but the court is this out of touch. And the problem is then that, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, Senator, you are one of the bravest politicians I know. <laughs> and uh, people really love and need that bravery. But one of the big impacts of super PACs is A lot of politicians are scared. They may not be terrible people, but their instincts are fear. They're scared of losing an election more than anything. And so they think, oh, well, if I don't say anything about Amazon's tax rate, I'll just talk about the other things that I care about. If I don't say anything, then I won't get the attack because it's not just the super PACs that spend money. It's the threat of super PACs. And when you know, you know that look on politicians eyes that kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm really a nice person. I'm trying to serve you, but don't make me do anything scary. Look.
1: (laughs) Right. So how do we, so for the everyday person, for the person again, that's in survival mode, they may have lost their job or they're underemployed right now. They may have been impact well, we all have been impacted by COVID, but to some degree, if they lost their job and they had employer sponsored health care that they yeah. lost because healthcare is commodified in the United States of America. Can you break down? Can you help paint a picture as to why that particular type of person who's just trying to yeah. make it every day yeah. should care about the corrupting influence? Of big money and politics. What's the connection? Why should I care? Yeah.
4: Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought,
5: well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry.
4: Or Kellen Kenney, chief marketing and growth officer at at and who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar.
0: It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson.
4: In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
5: We started talking about this incident.
4: Drugs and uh,
5: officials
4: cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it.
5: From iHeart Podcasts.
4: It's like the police knew who he was
3: Well, right now you have big corporations that just aren't paying taxes.
1: So zero taxes, zero federal <laughs> zero taxes. Tax. So Amazon, Walmart, yeah. others.
3: And these companies are, are are not paying their taxes. And that means they aren't pitching in to provide the basic services that we need in this country. They're basically taking advantage of the country, but they're not pitching in.
1: And the reason the connection to them not paying federal taxes is rooted in the tax code and the tax code is created by politicians who are lobbied by said corporations and the ultra ultra wealthy to create legal loopholes in the law so that by the time all is said and done they're paying zero taxes while big mama had to pay federal taxes do i have that
3: I'm going to add a. It's going to be PSNT, Professor Senator Nina Turner.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm learning from the best on this. I am.
3: Well, I just want to like make an additional point here to underline it is a lot of the bodies are buried in taxes. It's taxes and subsidies. Okay. because it's the area where, you know, if you want to do something really evil, you often do it really make it really complicated. Yes. And so it's why your question is so important is because they're 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 making it complicated on purpose, so they then you get you're like, "Okay, wait, I thought my politician agreed with me on these things, but look jobs my, the wages aren't going up, the services are going down, they feel the disconnect and and feel really confused, understandably confused and it's because a lot of times a lot of the the um the, the times that your politicians will sell you, sell away people's interests are on taxes and subsidies because mm-hmm. they're not like big, flashy headline issues. But it's it's uh, it's it's actually where so much of the policy is made. And, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about like what it's going to be like with uh, Congresswoman Turner. <laughs> and i was thinking about the beginning of the pandemic there was a big um congressional bill called the cares act yes and the cares act had a lot of good things in it but it also had a 500 billion dollar giveaway to big business just like a bazooka at big business and like at wall street not people in your district who desperately need the help.
1: So everybody should care about that because we need more conscious minded people to speak up and also lean on the people who they elect, particularly on the federal level of government to say we need the rules to change, to bend towards the will of the everyday people in this country. So if we're giving the ultra wealthy in this country, the biggest tax breaks and they're not paying into our Our public coffer, if you will, because taxes is a big pot of money and government is designed for us to do collectively what we cannot do as individuals. So if we start to cut or we don't have enough and we look at the the tax code to see that not just big businesses are not paying their fair share of taxes, but we have the ultra wealthy who are not paying their fair share either, then that could equate to less money for schools less money for housing, less money for healthcare. So when we're debating universal healthcare, for example, and you have people on one side who say, we can't afford it. And you have progressives on the other side saying, yes, we can. And this is how make the wealthy and well-connected pay their fair share. Let's cut the military industrial complex spending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's how we want people to know that this is so vitally important and no one should be able to, buy off politicians but guess what the lobbying that goes on for big businesses and big interests it's in the billions of dollars every single year yeah i mean combined billions yeah. of dollars spent on lobbying yeah. and when
3: you're looking at you know at at healthcare, uh you have uh more you have more lobbyists than you have staffers basically yeah. in dc
1: to try to so- stop universal healthcare from happening
3: Right, but I don't want to just I don't want to just be gloomy about it. Like Yeah, let's you, not. Let's not. You be wouldn't afraid. be running. And so the question is, okay, so you have a Supreme Court, and I think sometimes it's like, okay, what do you do when you have a Supreme Court that's made this terrible decision? Right. And yes, we have to work to overturn it, but that is not the only thing to do. The the there's real signs of um not signs, there's like a real movement in this country where there's more progressives who are getting elected and I, what I guess what I'm, it's not just progressives, it's people who are willing to speak the truth when it's hard. That's right. And to name names, yeah. <laughs> no, not, not speak abstractly, and to understand that this is about power, right? So one way to deal with this, like, gross amount of power, it's just disgusting. Like, it's just like the... Uh, there are more lobbyists hired for, uh, you know, the pharmaceutical industry and big tech, just whose job is just to sort of be in Washington and let people know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Right. They're more, you know, and but how do you take that on? You take that on, actually, with more and more members of Congress who are willing to work together in an organized fashion to block these giveaways.
1: And so it can be done, right? Ultimately, the power is in the people's hands. You made me think of two groups. One is unrigged and they work in a very bipartisan way. There are Democrats, Republicans and people who are independent leaders from a political ideology perspective. Who join or join in with Unrigged and they stand up in solidarity against big money and politics. And another group that came to mind of which I am a part of is American Promise that's working yep. on getting the twenty eighth amendment to the constitution. Yes. So that we can do away with Citizens United. There has been some progress to your point, Professor, in, in states across the country. Have resolutions have been introduced. And ultimately, what we need is to have the federal government, the Congress, take a vote so that then that could go down into the states. And we could have a constitutional convention. And really turn this around.
3: Well, there's one other idea that I think is really exciting. Okay. And um, uh, it's, you remember when we were talking about Citizens United and the Supreme Court said you have a right to hear. Right. Yes. Well, they haven't said the same thing for a right to hear foreign governmental money, okay? And in fact, after Citizens United, two years after Citizens United, there was a case where it was like, wait, if you think there's a right for corporations to speak, why can't every foreign government get involved in US elections? And the Supreme Court said, no, 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 we, uh, we're not gonna resolve our inconsistency, <laughs> but foreign, uh, foreign money doesn't have a right in our elections. So what that means is that the federal government and states can pass laws banning any corporate spending if it has foreign ownership. Uh-huh. Well, that is 95% of the Fortune 100, 85% of the Fortune 500. Basically, you pass that law, they can't take advantage of citizens united anymore and seattle actually did that and i'm hoping new york state does it um and uh there is a bill in congress but we need we need more champions
1: yes oh that is so amazing and that's that's what i would call a good loophole right (laughs) (laughs) a good loophole how can people get involved how could so so now listen i've listened to professor teach out. My appetite is is wet now. I want to know more information. Where do I go? How do I get involved? How do I buy her book? What? What? How do we get involved, Professor? Tell us.
3: Well, uh, one is uh, right now. It is there's a special election coming up. I think.
1: <laughs> well, that's one way. But we're not going to talk about uh, talk about me.
3: There's a lot of great organizations that are work- working on this. The one that's working on that bill that I just mentioned is called Free Speech for People. Um, And they're they are pushing that uh, in in the states and at the federal level. But honestly, I mean, the time is short on a a big federal uh, bill, um, Senate Bill one and H.R. one. So there's these two big federal bills. They aren't covering what I just talked about, but that would take on this like gross Republican gerrymandering or partisan yeah. gerrymandering. Yeah, it, it, It's important, actually. You know, I'm a very proud progressive Democrat, but it is true when you get on the ground level, Republicans, Democrats, nobody wants this money in politics um, sort of toxicity. <laughs> like it's, it it's really, it's, it's a real poison. It's a real poison. It is. It, it gets in the way of real debate because it's not about like where we disagree. It's just about somebody with a bunch of cash dictating policy. But right now there's a bill that has passed the House and we really need, you know, it's going to be hard. It's hard with with uh, some of the Senate Democratic senators who don't want to do this. But we got to poke a hole in this filibuster to pass these laws for democracy reform, because we have people who are really trying to cut back um, voting, you know, make it hard to vote.
1: I mean, right now. In 2021, it may be hard for people to believe, but in 47 states, there are about 361 bills percolating through legislatures across the country, last I counted, to not enhance access to the ballot box, not ensuring that people have unfettered access to the ballot box, but really to scale back that access. And it pains me to say that my state is one of those states where legislation has been introduced. And by many, the estimation of many voting rights activists and advocates and experts on in academia and experts in the streets, it is worse than Georgia's in Ohio.
3: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we definitely need. We do need people to really uh, come together, conscious-minded people. This is not about political affiliation when it comes to protecting our democracy and access to it and ensuring that not one group has more access than another group. And it is very clear that people who have more money and corporations have more access at this very moment. And we got to demand more from the people that we elect. We have to join organizations that are in this fight and we must keep pushing to keep this democracy open for, for everybody because it's not right now. It's very limiting.
4: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters, the theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's
5: a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry.
4: Or Kellen Kenney, chief marketing and growth officer at at and who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar.
0: It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson.
4: In these exciting times, we're looking to the math the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
5: We started talking about this incident. Drugs
4: and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it.
5: From iHeart Podcasts. It's
4: like the police knew who he was before they got here
3: Yeah, I then there's one other thing that I want to talk about in this. You know, something that I have come to after Citizens United is. You talk a lot about. You talk a lot about you work on it. You fight for it. It's just the real problem of incredible inequality, and I think. Yes. I think you are in one of the um,
1: poorest. Yeah. Yes, districts in the country. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and um, after Citizens United. Uh, You know, when thinking about corporate power, I have really come to believe and started working on a lot just taking on corporate power where it lives and using antitrust, which may sound like this like academic geeky thing, but like like let's bust up these companies because they're basically becoming kinds of mini governments. You know, when you're talking about hospital chains or you see dollar stores pushing out your, your local healthy, um, alternatives. Um, you have these big companies that are not treating workers. Well, they're really abusing their power. They're spying on, on workers and they are there. We just have to break up their power while we are fighting to change campaign finance law. So I I think that, you know, those two are connected to me.
1: They (laughs) are. And it won't be the first time in history where we've had the discussion about breaking up these companies, it's ironic, you know, as we close out, I just talked to a neighbor of mine who actually works at Amazon. You you know that I went to Bessemer along with some other- Yeah, I know you did. Yeah. Aggressives. And she caught me while I was walking down the street uh, with my grandson on our little walk. And she said, I need your help. I work mm-hmm. at Amazon and we have to make 200 drops Oh my god! in a day. Oh my God. 200 drops per person in a day. And if you come back with anything in your truck, you are penalized. And just what she was sharing with me is similar to what I heard when I was in both uh, Birmingham and in Bessemer where the, where the, where the facility is. But, but I believe 40% of the people who work, it might be even higher than that, but a greater share of the people who actually live in Beham, Birmingham, actually work at that plant. And I, it just really broke my heart. There are three Amazon facilities in the 11th Congressional District. And I'm standing in front of this young lady. I'm, I'm not sure how old she is. I would suspect she's in her late 20s. early 30s and she said 200 drops per one person and if you come back you're penalized what I heard from the Bessemer folks is that the drivers are too scared to even take breaks to go to the restroom if you work in the facility you're afraid to go get a drink of water in the 21st century I mean, something is wrong. And so what we want the people who have joined us today to understand that there's very real consequences to this kind of concentrated power and unwillingness and cowardice of people who we elect to do just what you just said. One, yes, we got to deal with Citizens United, but there are other ways that we can deal with this by breaking up these companies. We can pass the pro act for union workers so that people can unionize without being penalized. You know, a big report came out about how Amazon, definitely talk about fear. They put a lot of fear in employees about creating a union and just, it's just all kinds of unsavory things that are going on. And so we really do need people who have to stand up and fight.
3: They're using their position of power. I mean, it's, it's, to it's unacceptable. It is. They're using their position of power to the, the young woman you were talking to. Yes. They yes. are spying on her. They're studying everybody's breaking point and saying, how many drops can we get without losing? You know, they're, they're studying what her psychological breaking point is. It's humiliating, yes. and if we'd say, no, hey, Amazon, you can be a marketplace, but you can't also own warehouses, then you have unions have a fighting chance to organize those warehouses. Whereas right now you have this behemoth coming down on workers who are terrified and don't have the the meaningful options. So it's, it's like we, I, I think sometimes in today's economy, people can feel like, how can it be better? But the truth is this is not a natural state of affairs. This is about gross tyrannical power that is not compatible with our democracy. That's
1: right, and it's untenable. And we've been here before. I mean, we think yeah. about the Gilded Age, you know, and, and what happened after the Gilded Age was the progressive movement. And so we have the 21st century version of that, that gives me great hope, but we, the collective, we cannot stand back and stand by and allow workers to be intimidated, for them to be humiliated, for them not to make a living wage. I do believe that one job should be enough. You know, I was reading an article in the Dayton Daily News just yesterday, and it said that the jobs that are going to have the most openings from now until 2028 in the state of Ohio are jobs that pay less than $15 an hour. We know nobody can live off of that. And so we got to shake things up. So Professor, you you wrote author of Corruption in America from Benjamin Franklin's Snuffbox to Citizens United, uh, Break Them Up, Recovering Our Freedom from Big Ag, Big Tech, and Big Money, as well as dozens of law review articles. Your writings have appeared in the New York Times, the Washington Post, Foreign Affairs, New Republic, The Nation, Prospect. And oh, my God, if I if I named every publication, we would still be here. Professor Zephyr Teachout, thank you so much for all that you do to keep us thinking and to keep us knowing that we must work to not only break them up, but work to make sure that we keep that big D democracy and it's going to take all of us we're going to interview again because i want to talk about what it's like to run for office as a woman in new york no doubt i know that you have some lessons and things some stories you probably can't tell all the stories but some things that we could talk about because i want to do encourage the next generation and when i say that i'm 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 talking about next generation in terms of age but also like the next generation of thinkers and yeah. some of those people are younger and some of them are young adjacent, but it's just really <laughs> the next generation of thinkers. Professor I thank you so much for joining us today on Hello Somebody.
3: Thank you, Senator, for having me on.
1: Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.